0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up podcast today. I'm excited. Maybe a little nervous. I've got my boss with me. Uh, today, we are joined with Dr. Beth Niedermeyer. She is the superintendent of my high school and all of Noblesville schools, but we're not necessarily going to focus on just our journey, but we're going to get into... Well, I'm going to tell you, Beth, this whole thing started, um, I was talking to Christy Steffen, and we were talking about the upcoming referendum, and for the full disclosure, this episode is about a referendum, um, and she says, you know how awkward it is that this is the only occupation, to my knowledge, that you have to campaign for your own raise, because like, even politicians, like, they just kind of do it, they just vote for it, and and I'm not going to, we're not going to politician bash today, but... we are in a state, um, as many are, that we kind of have to do referendums. And and I'm going to get into not necessarily particulars, but, you know, I'm going to talk about the, like, the highs and the lows of one, being a superintendent, and two, what it is to go through a referendum and have to, I I won't say keep doing it, but, you know, we've we've had one not too long ago, and, and here we have to go again. So, First of all, I guess I say welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And um, so, yeah, let's let's go into this. Referendums. Why do we need to do them?
1: Back in two thousand nine, when property tax caps were put in place, um, the intent was to let school districts and governmental entities go out and ask for. Uh, additional taxes instead of having it come right off the top. We used to be able to get money um, from property taxes, and now we have to go back out um, on a regular basis and ask property owners if they want to support a referendum. So it's really changed the whole landscape of public education, and quite frankly, um, city government as well, because they have to they have to add taxes now in other ways to get. To, to make up for the money that we've all lost with those property tax caps.
0: No, I'm not a historian necessarily. I mean, how, like I'm assuming we're not the only state that has to go through this.
1: No, no, there are several states um, throughout the United States that are called referendum states. And now we are one of them.
0: So I remember going back and this is, and look, like, the, <laughs> there's things I love about my state um, and low taxes is one of them. And, and that's been the hard part. Like, Historically, Indiana is pretty darn low, and Indianapolis, and we're a suburb above, is really affordable. However, um, what was that now? Is it, is it been, it's probably been more than eight years that we kind of made some hard decisions, and we got fiscally responsible, which, again, I am among the most fiscally responsible persons you'll ever meet. But there are some downsides to that. Um, in the pursuit of that, fiscally responsible. So when, and and I, I'm guaranteeing a lot of superintendents are perking up and going to hear what you say here. Tell the like, go, let's go over the difference between being fiscally responsible and underfunding school budgets.
1: When you think about um, since '09, we've lost 46.5 million dollars in in revenue, and yet. We're continuing to grow, and and we get additional monies for those new students, but it's not. It doesn't make up the losses that we've incurred over the the years. So that's that's the biggest challenge. And we are a super lean um, school district. We are always looking for ways to to cut costs and to run our our district very efficient fi- efficiently. But when you think about ninety two percent of our operating budget is on staff. Um, and it, this is a hit that really dramatically impacts our staffing situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, and man, that was the awkward part. And when you came in and, and talked, and again, uh, other teachers and other school districts are going to listen to this. And, and it's it's tough because we're not the lowest, but we're not near the highest, and, and that's kind of a tough thing. And, and and what's back to what Christy said earlier, it's so awkward to say, to campaign for your own raise because, man... <laughs> which sometimes I make people mad um they'll go oh Don teachers need to get paid more you guys are my heroes and sometimes just to be snarky I'm like there's nothing stopping you from giving me a couple bucks right now and, <laughs> and of course that's not going to solve a problem and of course then they laugh awkwardly at me um but no I mean a lot of people no most people I say uh, say oh you guys are underpaid." Okay. So you can, you know, you have a vote. And, and, and let me also be clear. The last time we had a referendum supported tremendously. And, and, I'm, and I'm hoping that will be the same thing. But the awkwardness of it is you have one signal of people saying, hey, our teachers need to get paid more. And then on the other side, people are screaming, you know, don't touch my taxes. Where have you found that happy medium?
1: I think that the happy medium is just simply trying to explain the message. I think if if the taxpayers understand that teacher salaries in the state of Indiana have gone down consistently in the past fifteen years, fifteen percent in fifteen years, and nine point seven eight percent just since two thousand nine. So that is that's devastating. So it's really hard for teachers to be able to make a living um, and be. And, and to be able to not have other jobs. That's that's the heartbreaking thing. I was at the, a restaurant um, the other day and um, my husband and I were waited on by one of our teachers. Um, so a lot of teachers pick up second and third jobs just to make ends meet. And I think that's that, it's a nationwide problem. That's why this past year we've seen teachers across the United States going out for strikes. I think we just need to look at the importance of the job of teaching, how it impacts the entire economy. It prepares the workforce development. It, it, it helps property taxes um, um, keep your property ta- values. It helps your property values maintain um, themselves and keep those high. And we know that without strong schools, you don't have strong communities. Schools are the reason why people move into the communities. So it's so important to really support our teachers.
0: You just said something that I failed to consider. I once <laughs> braggadociously told my ex-principal, now my assistant principal, Craig McCaffrey, when I when he first hired me back in the old Southside days, mm-hmm. I told him once, I said, I want to build a program that is so awesome, it's going to drive up property values. And can. he kind of laughed, and I was being somewhat funny. But no, you're, you're absolutely correct. I I, I I failed to remember that because, like, look, we're in a county that is... Has done well. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, we're, we're not the the creme de la creme of the of the county. I'll say that and we're a, a nice, realistic, good suburban um, area. But you're right. The areas that things are falling is because the schools are also needing to be improved. Now, that's that can be a catch twenty two as well. But yeah, I mean, if you enjoy in some ways your property values and in some ways you enjoy the benefits of of you know great kids being prepared in great areas and we can go into here in a second on some of the awesome things that noblesville is doing um then that is something that that we need to consider like you know you, our future you know your future is in our hands in a lot of ways and and yeah a little bit of that tax hike is going to be seen in a retaining great teachers um and and yet uh also you know preparing kids for the future i will say and this is just somewhat awkward you know we lost one of our best, you know, this year, and mind you, I'm going to miss Ryan Brook, and he went off to a, for a great life adventure in Dubai, and I don't even really think that it was his teacher salary that, that that did it, but you know, going to Dubai, he got a big bump, and and when I see, oh my gosh, there was a YouTube thing out not so long ago about all these teachers that had so much sympathy and regret because they had left teaching. Mm-hmm and they all have you seen it oh it's yes. heartbreaking yes. and they just felt terrible about the fact that they had to leave but they had to leave they couldn't make sense meet so that restaurant story that mm-hmm. that you know that that woman or man who's got 3 to 5 years experience and it's not enough mm-hmm. that you know i think that a lot of people in the referendum have to take a look at that mm-hmm. um so the the other negative side is is that i, I people can be nasty and um and again, I don't think it's ever. I don't think they mean to be personal. Um, and again, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna keep this as national as we can. Um, but all of a sudden, uh, you know. Well, I should ask this. What are some common themes of nastiness? Misinformation? Yeah,
1: I think it's misinformation. And I also think that, and it is a nationwide problem. I think in this country, we've demoralized the profession. And so um, for whatever reason in the United States, we do not hold teachers to the high regard that other countries do. And so I think that this downward trend of not respecting teachers and not paying them um, competitive salaries um, has contributed to the, the national teacher shortage. And so now we're all stealing from one another, and we've got to keep our salaries more competitive because they're always looking for ways to to grow and, and enhance um, their own salaries so that they can support their families. So I think that it's, it is a nationwide problem, but it's really hitting our school district too.
0: Yeah and, and, and what like what are some of the things I mean I, I mean we can get a little bit local here. Um, we had a referendum a couple years ago passed with flying colors, but it was kind of a band-aid it was it's and just to maintain. Right. And so now I've seen some people and I, man, one thing I don't like to do is engage in Facebook wars, but there's been some misinformation and that kind of hurts because, mm-hmm. you know, look, you know this, I'm, I'm critical of education, except I'm pretty proud that a lot of times I talk about the things that we should be doing in education. We're honestly and truly doing it, Noblesville. So I kind of like, hey, have you seen that internship program that everybody's talking about? Mm-hmm. Have you seen what some of these kids, okay. Have you seen their scores? Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, side tangent, but like some of the the nastiness has been um, kind of hard to watch because I'm like, look, it, it's not, and this is going to be the sensitive weird part, there, you know, some people in this podcast, I think I may have mentioned it, we, we had an unfortunate event on May 25th. Absolutely. Made national news. Um and there I've seen some nastiness saying, oh, well, they're just trying to use sympathy of a school shooting to pass a budget. Why is that particularly yeah. hurtful?
1: Well, I think, too, what, what people don't realize is that long before May 25th happened, right. we were talking right. about um, having to go out for another referendum for teacher salaries simply because even locally, we just could not compete with area Districts around us. So when May twenty, so we knew we were going to do that next year anyway. So then when May twenty fifth happened, then we needed to increase um, some some safety and some mental health measures. So rather than doing a mental health safety referendum now and then do staff salaries next year, it made sense to put it all in one and go big and do do it at one time and then we're set for the next eight years.
0: Yeah. Well. Well. And then but we had some roll, you know eye rolls and like oh here we go again but no this is this is the realities that that a lot of schools are dealing with now I know that you have a really good camaraderie with a lot of superintendents around the state um and really from around the nation I actually just got an email not too long ago with somebody you had met in California um how, how do some other superintendents weather the storm or do they like to you know <laughs> I've heard that there's a rule that a lot of times you want to like once there's a big building project, then you want to be a superintendent because like you don't want to live through that. But how, how, how have you heard some other superintendents like cope with this kind of thing?
1: I think it's become the new norm. We've turned into... We were, we started our careers out as educators, and now we're turning into politicians because we have to go out and sell these referendum on a regular basis. And I think we're all, we're all trying our hardest to be very transparent, to get out and talk to any community group that we possibly can because it's important for the community to have factual information so that they know what they're voting for when they go into the polls. So I think that just... Um, reaching as many people, and that's what I'm doing now, evening meetings, this podcast, um, we're doing a Facebook Live, Um, we are hitting all of the local Kiwanis, Lions Club, um, Rotary, um, Senior Citizen Center, retirement homes. We just need to get to every single community member so that they are not getting their information off of Facebook, that they're actually getting it from the source and that it's accurate.
0: Well, I thought that was the irony, and what is actually fun is you guys are doing Facebook Live, and yours, you're in some ways the weapon that's being attacking you. You're you're using as well, which I no, I love as much as I uh, hate to admit it. But no, I, the other part of that is is like as you say these things, it, it's it's still it's like you you feel. hesitant, and almost dirty, you are know, like, because when you said we have to campaign, my immediate thought was, oh, don't say that. But in some ways, that that's, that's what it is, because, and, and, you know, that nothing attracts a crowd like anger. Um, the people that have the misinformation, they don't want to hear, and I shouldn't say, I shouldn't make it that sweeping a jet. Oftentimes, the misinformation or the fear of how am I going to afford the blank, or what about my, you know, you know, property values, all this other stuff, it's it's hard to broadcast the positive, and it's really easy to shout the negative.
1: It is, and I think when you look at, we did, um, if you look at the average median home value in Noblesville, and this, for your national viewers, they will see how affordable it is here, it's $206,000, and you can get a nice house for that amount. Um, so that means it's $15 a month or 50 cents a day is what we're asking to put in new safety measures to increase our mental health supports and to pay teachers a competitive salary. So when you think of that 50 cents a day, I can't think of a better value to your to a community and to your property values than to support that.
0: Yeah, and again, I keep I keep going back to because it, and and first of all, Noblesville will will, will recover. I think this is going to pass, but like you at the same time, and I'm not trying to say this in a threatening way. You don't want this school to start going down the pot, and uh, and that is something to consider. But but all those three things, the big three that you just mentioned, it's kind of ironic that if it's addressed in that way, then people are like, well, then why would we ever, you know, it. it of course, we want our teachers paid better. Of course, we want security measures. And and I think the big one, and everybody again, it's kind of ironic because everybody's saying, boy, we need more mental health professionals for our kids. And they're more anxious and depressed than ever. Okay. Like, we want to do something about that. We need to take measures to to get kids to handle social media better. Okay. We want to do that because this state, like, I don't know exactly what our numbers are on the ratio, but like nationwide, the number of professional, that health, you know, mental health professionals for students, it's a not a good ratio. And so here we are wanting to be on the forefront of that and you know <laughs> how can we afford that it might make my taxes go up well you got to make some decisions um okay now the raw raw piece um look i've i've been on this and you know, i've been doing this podcast and occasionally i'll tell people that i'm happy to work where i am and and you know that i'm being genuine although now that you're in the room it's slightly weirder <laughs> but um let's go over some of the highlights on and and if if people here are listening locally let's let's brag a little bit
1: got a lot to brag about. I mean, here when you think about we receive a lot of state and national awards. We just won the State Fair competition for our marching band and so that was huge, second year in a row. Um, we have an uh, a, an internship program that everyone wants to Second model, nine. and we've got an innovations class that um, is a leader in the nation and the world. And so, we, when you think about the kinds of things that we offer for students, it's not just traditional education. We are really trying to create a pathway for every single kid. So when they leave our schools, they have a career pathway, and they kind of, and they've had some experience in it, and they've they've got a plan. They know what they want to do, and with all of the the connections that we've. Offered through with our local businesses, our kids have that opportunity, and I'm amazed at how many other places don't have that for their students. So that's truly something to celebrate.
0: No, it's and it's absolutely true in the sense that like, or some of our project lead the way teachers are leading the way even for PLTAW, and some of the like, couple of the houses we've designed and built, and and all these community projects, and even at my son's school at the elementary school level, like they're doing some really unbelievably progressive things. Although my, you know, my take on that is I'm like, put it out, you know, put it on LinkedIn, put it on social media. Cause I'm just, Hey, if you're doing good, like when, when I get the, when people say public education and they have something negative to say, I'm like, I think it's our moral imperative for them for to create our own media. Mm-hmm. It is our moral imperative. Like call the TV station, oh, nice. call the newspaper because they're going to show up when something bad happens. But you can always invite them in when, when the 99% of the rest of the time something is great going on. So I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. And, and for that matter, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a fun time to be an educator. And yes, we do need to go through some change. Yes, we need to, to adapt. But I, I think that, no, I don't think, I know that in many ways, Noblesville, Noblesville has been that, well, heck, I mean, how many conferences are held? at our school. How many times do we have a lot of teachers that are on the podium talking about some of the new design? So I love that. Um, words of encouragement for those principals and, and superintendents who are about ready to go through this.
1: Wow. I think the best thing that I can um, tell you is that I do believe that there are people, the vast majority of people do support public education. And so – We just have to make sure that we, as Don says, we are telling our story, and I think we have a compelling story to tell, and we we can't count on others to do it for us. So we've got to get out there, tell our stories, and tell it in multiple ways um, to multiple groups so that um, it's consistent and everyone understands the importance of what public education does for this country.
0: Can't say it better myself. Well, uh, Doctor Niedermeyer, I appreciate you coming out. I, I think you know, number one, I didn't want this to be a you know a facts and figures on what Noblesville is, and and for that matter, uh, the people that don't want to hear it aren't going to listen to this podcast anyway. And the people that do, hopefully, are supporting us. And so we, you know, there is a lot of information out there. Um, if you are a Hamilton County resident, you can check that out. Actually, let's give a soft, soft plug. You can find a lot of this information at.
1: At the Noblesville website, at our noblesvilleschools.org uh, website.
0: Um. So yeah, if you want to look out, that up fine. But uh, for the people listening not in Noblesville, uh, yeah, I, I think Dr. Nierma brings up a great point. And if you're if you're a school like many states have uh, a referendum state, um, you know, be positive, uh, get out there, and and man, just showcase all the great things your school is doing. Matter of fact, even if you're not a referendum. I think that everybody should be showcasing what the school is doing because uh, sometimes we get a black eye and unjustly. Um, mind you, there's some documentaries and out there and rubber rooms and some of these awful things. You're like, okay, but that's not normal. Uh, so I, I love the fact that um, you're out there. I love the fact that you've remained positive, positive. Uh, and uh, I, I seriously think that you know Noblesville has been a great example on, on how to do this the right way. So thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you, Don. Great to be here.